are listening to a series of unfortunate sequels where we explore the highs and the lows of cinema's most enduring franchises. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. And today we're really going to put the term enduring franchise to test. <laughs> I, um, I think it endured. I think a lot of people have seen these movies um, we kind of were in this middle pack, so we are today talking about the IMDb's highest rated movie in the Spy Kids franchise, which is, of course, the first Spy Kids movie. And I think we were at this kind of middle point where we we're maybe a bit too old for Spy Kids when it came out, um, but still not like adults, you know what I mean? Yeah, we were we were too cool for the Spy Kids when it came out wouldn't go with those words for who I was. <laughs> I was too cool. Yeah, yeah. I talk about this frequently. John and I would not have been friends in high school. <laughs> um, I throw the flag. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, yeah, so, so today we're talking about Spy Kids and we're going to open it up with something a little different. Um, and John is going to play the Spy Kids theme for us on his recorder, which he randomly picked up and for some reason just had to know how the Spy Kids theme went. And so here, here is John on the recorder. This begins our new segment, John Doesn't Know How to Play Recorder. <laughs> but still plays it better than most people. <laughs> That was perfect. You get two tries, and that was it. Got Thank it you. in one. Thank you so You're much. Edit that, right? <laughs> and put find someone playing the Spy Kids song perfectly on the recorder, and I'll just copy that and paste it into our audio. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Anytime. Anything for you, my darling. Okay, so Spy Kids. The first thing I want to say is uh, talking about the opening credits again, like we did in our last episode. I completely forgot that Robert Rodriguez made these movies. Yeah, there was a lot of not just even among the crew. Like, there's a lot of surprising names. I feel like in this. Uh, well, I won't say in this franchise because I think it kind of did the same thing that Neverending Story did, where you know you couldn't quite get the same acting talent you did for the first movie um, for the sequels. I agree i thought i remember seeing a lot of really big names in the sequels when i saw like trailers for them and stuff later not for the fourth one <laughs> that's which... the one that i was looking at okay <laughs> so the fourth one spoiler alert that is the lowest rated movie in the franchise so that's gonna be our next adventure without having seen spy kids two or three. Oh, i guess that brings me to my first point had you seen any of the spy kids movies what's your how familiar with you oh how familiar with you mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i could talk as good as you can record Hi. <laughs> How familiar were you with Spy Kids? I thought that I had zero familiarity with Spy Kids. Um, I didn't remember ever having seen a Spy Kids movie. After watching Spy Kids 1, I realized I have seen Spy Kids 1 at some point in my life. Really? That's interesting. I had no idea. You didn't actually tell me we were talking. I'm assuming he has a lot of nephews. Um that are younger than him. He has a lot of older siblings. So I'm assuming you probably saw it just randomly like that. I had never seen a Spy Kids movie. Um, so this was quite the adventure for me. 
so this movie starts out with this family that live in this dope fucking house uh and these two children are going to bed they are carmen and junie who i thought they were calling judy the whole fucking time basically or julie julie they, they had weird pronunciations every time <laughs> yeah it wasn't great um and and carmen wants a bedtime story so she asked her mom who i at first thought was her babysitter because she looks 17 years old at first to me <laughs> this is just me realizing that i'm getting very old oh <laughs> <laughs> Because I'll see parents in movies and I'm like, you are too young to have a child this age because you're younger than I am. But then I remember I, I could have a child. That's like 12 if I wanted. You look super young and hot. Gross. So <laughs> so Carmen asks her mother for a bedtime story who tells her the story of two spies who have fallen in love. And it's basically the plot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, kind of. Which is where my mind had gone. But they have kids. But they have kids. Um, and yeah, it's it's her and Antonio Banderas. I never learned their actual names. I either call them, I call them mom and Antonio in my notes the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, they were both spies who fell in love and decided to kind of retire as spies and get married. And uh, they are now consultants. I guess they still, you know, work for the OSS, I think it was called the yes. spy, the spy yes. agency. Uh, uh, all right, what do you think OSS stands for? I'm assuming they told us, but I'm gonna go ahead and call it the Overwatching Secret Society. Mm. I'm gonna go with overwhelmingly sexy spies. I know Antonio Banderas was one of them, but I wouldn't say they were all overwhelmingly sexy spies especially because when antonio banderas was a spy he apparently has to have this very thin like mustache right above his upper lip which i didn't care for but it was part of the disguise <laughs> That's... i will say and a recurring theme throughout this movie is people thinking that mustaches are much better disguises than they really are yeah it's there are several times when people just rip off a mustache dramatically like like we're not like we still see your face like the whole your whole face is there like it's not, it wasn't a mask it was not a mask it's not a superhero mask anywho uh parents learn that there's some old dude missing we also learn that they kind of force their children to train at home on like ropes we get like four seconds of that so they can have an excuse for the kids doing unrealistic stuff later yeah it was kind of a an uncomfortable training scene where <laughs> I feel like both the kids just try to kill each other. Uh, one just kind of kicks the other one off of the monkey bars and onto the floor far below. And then the other one just throws a free weight at his sister, who luckily he, he has bad aim, but he's got a hell of an arm. Yeah, that would have completely shattered her spine. <laughs> Which I guess this brings me, my dad told me when I was young, um, he told me when I was young that when he was a kid, his sister threw a knife at him and he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but I, I wrote, I did write down that the kids are very annoying and really solidified my decision to have one child. I'm really glad we've decided on that one. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I feel like also at, at this point, you've kind of learned a little bit about, about what the parents are doing. And I have to say for a spy, the dad is very bad at keeping secrets just kind of had like his entire thing open with like his wife kind of like looking over his shoulder like oh what are you doing here and then he like closes it real quick like he got caught doing something like he didn't realize or remember that he was just talking to his wife who was behind him two seconds ago 
Yeah, they work on opposite sides of the room on, like, giant screens. So it's not subtle. Um, So we get to, like, the next day. The kids are going to school. We're kind of getting, like, a day in the life of this spy family, except the kids don't know their parents are spies. Um, And the child, the little boy, what's his name, Junie, watches the most horrendous, horrifying show I've ever seen. It's Floopy. Um, Mr. Floop, not Mr. Floopy, sorry. <laughs> Mr. Floop. And like a creep, like a a bunch of creepy, horrible minions, and they dance and sing, and just it's really painful in the eyes and soul, you know. Yeah, I wish I had less of it in my life than I do currently. Mm -hmm. I wish I had none of it in my life, total. But here we are, you know. And I really don't doubt that this show would take off, despite it being so creepy. Um, so Dad Antonio, (laughs) um, kind of sees like one of the creatures in the show and thinks hmm this looks like that missing old man from the oss which i don't know how he put that together because like it's a mutated creature puppet thing yeah imagine kind of looking at a picture of antonio banderas and then looking at a picture of barney and thinking (laughs) maybe is that i think that maybe (laughs) I will never look at Barney the same way again. Thank you, John. Thank you for that. Uh, a beautiful thing. Uh, so we get to, uh, we eventually see Mr. Floop, uh, who lives on an island that looks like a shoe. And he's supposed to be making an army for the Terminator. Um, what is that Terminator's name? He's the Terminator from T2, specifically. The liquid metal one. Was he just the Terminator? Because I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Was the Terminator T-1000? I think he was a was he the T one thousand? So maybe this one was the T two thousand. Uh, maybe the Terminator is gonna have to be our next endeavor. <laughs> Although I don't want it to be. So I like that you're kind of introduced to the robot henchmen at this point, which were robotic henchmen made of five thumbs put together mm. to create a robot. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, let's be honest. If you're trying to impress somebody with a robot that's made of five thumbs, maybe don't pick the goddamn Terminator. He's <laughs> not going to be impressed with your stupid thumb robots. I know. He's not the Terminator in this, though, babe. He'll always be the Terminator. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mr. Floop is supposed to be making um, an army for this guy. Uh, for the Terminator, basically, and they're spy kids. All of the army is made up of like robot oh. children who are going to. They're like the children of like world leaders, and they're going to take out the real children of the world leaders and put in the robot children. Whatever. For some reason, Monk is there. I was very confused. There were like too many people in this scene, and I didn't understand. And I, I felt like there was too much going on for me, an adult person. So I'm not sure how a child would process this scene. Like children process most things mm. through the colors and the noises. That's true. I mean, it's slightly older kids, but still, I feel like there were more layers to this evil scheme than I was expecting. Uh, but basically, the robot children are almost complete. However, they do not have a brain. They are unintelligent. Uh, they cannot speak even. Which, so. after mm. the children try to speak and it just kind of comes out, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That's kind of what kids sound like to me when they talk. I didn't think it was that unconvincing a performance. No, not kids this age. These kids are like 10. Oh, my God. This is going to be the father of my child one day. 
Um, so the Terminator is very displeased and he's going to leave and come back in a few days for his completed robot children who can actually speak. Okay, so meanwhile, Antonio is deciding to go on some kind of mission. I'm not sure what because I was opening a Reese's. At this point, I kept getting distracted by Halloween candy. I was also over <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so All I know I is like, he was like, I got to go on a mission. And his wife was like, without me. And it was very, I started thinking about how it was like The Incredibles, but not as good. And then I was like, damn, I really want to watch The Incredibles. And that was kind of like my thought process during this scene. <laughs> and then, mmm, peanut butter. <laughs> 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 I don't know, but they leave <laughs> and they ask uh, Uncle Felix to come and watch their children. Uncle Felix has two lines about, and I loved him more than anyone in this movie. He was a precious bean, and I hope he's in future Spy Kids films. Also, I didn't realize it was him until he took that mustache off. <laughs> and then I was like, oh shit, it was Uncle Felix. <laughs> yes. So mom and Antonio leave. And they are almost immediately captured, and that sets alarms going off in the house. And Uncle Felix is like, I'm not your Uncle Felix, and then rips off his mustache. Like, why are you... I think it's supposed to be a joke. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell it's a good joke (laughs) when you have to say, I think... (laughs) Was it a joke? It might have been a joke. Look, I've had some wine. I'm trying my best, Okay. So Uncle Felix fights off some bad guys who also burst into the house and lets the kids get away. Robot bad guys, for the record, which he was punching like it was fucking nothing. I didn't think they were robots. I guess they might have been. They were thumb robots <laughs> they were? In, in black clothing. I didn't fucking notice that. I was having too many reasons. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one to miss. I'm surprised on that one. I thought they were just people like dressed up. With giant cylindrical thumb heads? They had thumb heads? They were wearing masks. I don't know. Giant cylindrical masks. I mean, stormtroopers do. Are they just thumb people this whole time? They they might be thumb people. (laughs) Finn isn't a thumb person. Uh, So we we get to the parents, and they're uh, basically taken through, like, a hell house, and... um, Oh, they see characters from Floop Show and they see where they are. Meanwhile, the kids get to the safe house, which is full of food and like robots and money. And it's really cool. And like, why would anyone want to leave this place? And the, you know, the younger son is understandably scared at mm. having, you know, finding out that his parents have disappeared and also seeing the person we thought was his uncle just kind of i guess just wrecked by these robots mm-hmm. and so, taking his mustache off oh and back. taking his mustache yeah. off yeah so he's kind of shaking and then his sister's like stop shaking or you'll give yourself more warts <laughs> which i'm not i don't a, think that's... i'm not a doctor <laughs> but i don't think that's how i does shake be warts <laughs> shake be warts if you're a doctor please tweet at me and let me know if shaking gives you warts. does shake be warts is what i want to know doctors out there uh, also, another interesting thing about this voyage is when they're doing their escape, they're put on this submarine that kind of bursts out of their home and into the water, and they hear a little notification that's like, oh, destination will be in two and a half hours. Mm. They both conk out in that submarine on this two and a half hour voyage after having watched their okay. house broken into by robots. They just fall asleep Honey, on this submarine. They're children. Like, are you serious? Kids fall asleep everywhere all the time. When I was a kid, 
I skipped every nap time because I couldn't sleep. It's now that I'm an adult that I fall asleep everywhere all the time. They're way beyond nap time, children. You know what I mean? I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? (laughs) Is this this really your biggest gripe with Spy Kids is that they fell asleep on a submarine? I'm going to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's the one. (laughs) Anyway, the parents escape their rope bindings in Floop's hell house. And then they kind of have to go wandering around in this hell house. And it really gave me very strong vibes of the, like the alien tent in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I don't know if you were getting that. A little bit. I think a big vibe I got through this whole thing, too, was very, very Willy Wonka, mm. especially mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. host of the show. Okay, so Floop is Willy Wonka, basically. He's somehow like a more horrifying Willy No, not more horrifying. Maybe a little bit, but that bar was real high, so yeah. it's a little impressive. It's a different kind of horrifying. Weirdly, I didn't get the Willy Wonka vibes until the end, but yes, it was like if Willy Wonka was on the spaceship in Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and that's Spy Kids, which honestly is dope as fuck, and it should have been doper, but it, you know, it's Spy Kids. It did its best, I guess. Yeah, you know, you get to hear some more sweet play on words for the robot guards at this point too when when (laughs) floop is like snaps his fingers and some robot guards come in and then he's like i snap my fingers and my fingers snap you (laughs) this is to carry on an earlier joke too where the terminator throws something at the robots for them to try and catch and of course they miss it and he's like your robots are all thumbs which kind of leads me to my assumption that the only reason these robots were all thumbs were specifically to make stupid jokes about them being all thumbs in the movie. I can't think of any other functional reason why they would have wanted that. <laughs> Knowing Floop a little bit better now, yeah, probably. Just think about Willy Wonka. That's him. If Willy Wonka were making robot minions instead of candy, this is Spy Kids. <laughs> so parents end up at Floop's uh, dinner table, and he kind of, I think... I my notes here are very vague, but now that I've seen the whole movie, I kind of get what he wanted. He wants information about a, a third brain, which he believes Antonio Banderas has, and uh, also he has kidnapped poor Uncle Felix and turns him into a weird monster creature thing. Um, and meanwhile, the kids gear up and they decide they're going to help their parents, uh, and then OSS shows up. And uh, they ruin Junie's dreams about his floop hero, which is very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they let the kids know that they're holding their dad ho- hostage uh, until they get this third brain and they're being very creepy. And they somehow accidentally find the third brain. And then the kids kind of realize that they're on the same side as the bad guys. <laughs> it's just, everything happens in a very not conceivable way. <laughs> Yeah, it was all pretty contrived, and then Terry Hatcher takes a jetpack to the gut, mm. which, uh, you know, it's probably going pretty fast, but she shrugs off. It's no big deal, but then she mm-hmm. picks it out of her gut, and the flames are still mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bursting just up like a, like a jetpack do, and just burns her face, what I assumed was clear off, uh, but then, you know, they, they cut back to her, and it's all right. Her, her hair's on fire, for <laughs> sure, but... She's, you know, it's it. She home alone. It. She's good. 
What's great is she's literally standing there with the flames, like, at her skull. And she's just, like, scowling, like, mmm, damn kids. Like, it's hysterical. I don't think it's, is it supposed to be hysterical? I'm not sure. I guess kids would laugh at that. Kids are dumb. (laughs) Yeah, kids like things on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, she's on fire. Hysterical. Uh, Yeah, somehow one of, like, the bad OSS guys had gotten the third brain, escapes, uh, Carmen grabs a jetpack, follows him, easily gets the third brain back. It's, it's very... It's an odd jetpack chase scene uh-huh. where they're all on jetpacks. And again, you've still got these thumb robots using the jetpacks too. And they're just flying through this town. Not, not even just through a town on jetpacks. They legit fly into a clothing store on jetpacks. No one even bats an eyelash. They don't flinch. Like on, they're obviously on a green screen and don't realize that they're. <laughs> yes, like this made me think that they bought some stock footage <laughs> of like a clothing store and then just like CGI'd this entire thing in because there was that little reaction from everyone around them. It was rid- it was really ridiculous, and it's an ongoing theme that lasts through the next scene. Because uh, uh, Carmen and oh my god, what's his name? Junie end up in a park. They're eventually confronted by children robots who look like them. Mr. Floop has created twin robots that look like Carmen and Junie. Yes. Right beforehand, <laughs> the, the minion person to Mr. Floop said, if you want to find a child, you must send a child. <laughs> In a real creepy way. But on the other hand, you know another way to find a child? Falcor. <laughs> obviously falcor is very good at finding children i don't think falcor exists in this world sadly the minion by the way is monk and i call him monk throughout my entire notes i never call him the minion <laughs> so there's a awkward horrible fight scene with the children and their robot doppelgangers um and which junie loses the third brain just easily like it just like she just takes it like taking a third brain from a baby <laughs> As they say. I hope you wrote that down to remind yourself to say it later. Did you? With circles and stars. and <laughs> I don't see it, so I don't think you did. I think you're kidding. But it was like, I was like so like flabbergasted. I was like, that that's how they're going to get the third brain? Like she just like walks up and like mine. And then, but he thankfully gets her necklace in turn. All of the kid robots have necklaces like or like dog tags. Yeah. There, there, was, a, there was a brief fight scene where... Carmen fought the robot version of Junie, and the first thing she does is just punch him right in the face, <laughs> and that's probably when she realizes he's a robot. Yeah, it even, it even makes a clanging sound. Oh, loud clanging sound. It's like, ah. So then she's like, shit, that was metal. I'm going to punch him again. <laughs> so she tries that, but he dodges. So then she's like, you know what? Headbutt time. <laughs> straight, <laughs> straight into the nose. <laughs> and it was robot metal clanging nose that ought to do it she did not win that fight no neither of them won that fight they're pretty incompetent spies which i'm going to complain about more in just a minute but first we do learn back with the parents that the oss has created like created all of these robot brains and they were supposed to destroy them because they realized the technology was too dangerous um however antonio Banderas did not destroy his brain, and that's what he's been hiding this whole time. This third brain was his creation that he was supposed to destroy. Really doesn't come up later, but... No. Instead of destroying it, he replaces it with a walnut (laughs) and then smashes it with a hammer. 
nobody nobody really looked too carefully to check to see if that thing on his desk was wires and electronics or delicious snack food. So that was pretty lucky. The worst thing about what you just said is that you called a walnut delicious snack food. Who are you? I'm just a man who loves his walnuts. Ew, you don't even eat walnuts. I don't think I've ever seen you eat a walnut. Whatever. Because <laughs> they're too hard to get into when I'm lazy. <laughs> uh, so the children uh, then realizing that a lot of their equipment have the same name on it machete 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 they decide to find him and they do uh <laughs> how do they find him that's a great question i think they basically google machete is what i'm guessing and luckily for them the name of machete's uh shop where he makes spy things is called machete spy shop so you know came what right up you make fun of it but that's fucking genius because there are a lot of shitty dumb like spy stores no one would think that that's actually a front for a spy shop well they will now but they wouldn't have then <laughs> also i had no idea that this was where machete came from zero it, is this where machete came from like the movie machete isn't that like a violent movie but starring him as machete what's his name danny trejo yes trejo trejo I couldn't remember. Like, obviously, it's Danny Trejo. <laughs> I, th- I think I've been referring to him as Machete in my head for a really long time. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they find out that Machete is their uncle. Their, their actual uncle. Unlike Uncle Felix, who they just forgot about immediately. Like, fuck that guy. Machete's mustache. Probably real. Yeah. He doesn't rip it off at any point throughout this movie. Great. Um, and Machete is very upset with his baby brother, who is Antonio Banderas. we kind of not sure what. He's like... I'm sick of looking after my little brother, which, like, fair, but also, like, you're 50. Maybe, like, get past that, you know? All right. So, meanwhile, in Mr. Floop's shoe island, the third brain is brought to Monk. Uh, This is, at the moment, I realized his name was Minion, by the way, because I really was thoroughly not paying attention during this movie. Yeah, I kind of assumed that he was just calling him Minion, just as, like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is my helper. I shall call him Minion because I'm an evil mastermind. But no, that's his name. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. So Minion, and by that I mean Monk, takes off his goofy-looking glasses, and he's like, I'm Mr. Minion now. He doesn't say it like that, but I've had a lot of wine. (laughs) But it was a straight-up she's all that moment, let me tell you. basically it says he's always looked like monk and will always <laughs> i've never seen monk by the way why am i thinking of him as monk i don't know but i am uh so mr minion or monk uh locks up floop who kind of has been expressing like this isn't what i want to do i just want to have my kids show and make the children laugh i just want to you know I, i'm not evil i just want to have this kid show where I force these people who I've <laughs> mutated <laughs> to just dance along on wires around me. And that's all I want. Just make kids happy. <laughs> so the next uh, evening slash morning, the children, Carmen and Junie, steal stuff from their uncle and uh, decide to fly off on his plane to save their parents. Uh, Machete doesn't want to come with them. He's like, uh, no, I don't want to save my brother from certain death because he's my little brother and he's annoying. Little bros, so annoying. Right. Such a great parallel there between how she was at the beginning to her mm-hmm. little brother. Oh. We all learned a mess. We all learned an important uh, mm-hmm. lesson today. So. We did. I learned so many lessons today. I will be good to my little brothers that I do not have. <laughs> so the kids make it to uh floops island 
And meanwhile, Monk is mass producing this third brain that he has gotten. Um, we find out that the monsters speak backwards. And uh, Junie, Junie, mm-hmm. God, why do it kind of... <laughs> Julie, Judy, Junie <laughs> asks one of the monsters where his parents are and like plays it backwards and finds out that they're in the dungeon. Like, duh. <laughs> Did you have to ask right? someone? Like, maybe ask for directions to the dungeon. You know they're going to be in the dungeon. Maybe you should make your one question like, hey, how the fuck do we get to the dungeon? It's not as it's not quite as uh, well labeled as that other room that just has VR written all <laughs> over it. Maybe they didn't realize it had a dungeon. I don't know. I guess it kind of makes sense. Uh, Carmen and Junie get upset and Junie ends up in the virtual room, which is where Floop is at. And uh, Junie learns that Floop wants to stop Monk. And Floop is very, very just excited and happy that Junie watches his show. He's like actually meeting a child who watches his show. There must be at least 10 children who watch his show. They need therapy. (laughs) It's the second most popular show. (laughs) So somehow they reunite. I think I skipped that part because I just stopped caring. This whole like climax, I I wrote it down like half a page because I was like, it's just a bunch of convoluted scenes that make no fucking sense whatsoever. But eventually, um... Junie and Carmen find mom and dad uh and dad is now a monster monk has turned him into a monster but floop is like I could probably change him back uh so I guess then the terminator returns the family captures monk and make him a monster creature which he seems very excited and happy about and it's kind of lame because he becomes a monster creature and can talk fine yeah, I was kind of curious how his brain didn't get scrambled like all of the other creatures had. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and also why, uh, you know, he got to keep, you know, his normal face. He just got a bunch of extra faces added on. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, they seemed like they, they threw all the rules out there a little bit on, yeah. on that one. Yeah, a little bit. I was really disappointed that he could talk fine and not backwards. Like, it didn't make any sense. So then, like, a, a big fight happens in the middle of the room. Monk is with the Terminator again. And all of the robot children come out and the family's like gearing up to fight all the robot children, all 500 of them, by the way. And they're like, we need one more person. And the machete bursts through the window because, you know, he had to come back and fight for his little bro. Uh, thankfully, in the nick of time, Floop has uh, he's been working on like the computer and has churned all of the robot children. So they become good and they tackle all of the baddies in the back, which include monk and the terminator and the woman with no hair terry hatcher yeah i did not recognize this woman by the way and john knew her from so much stuff (laughs) all the good shows that she was in and he keeps naming all these shows and he's like yeah she was in like superman right the superman lois and clark the adventures of superman okay she was in desperate housewives (laughs) that's the thing a few episodes of seinfeld (laughs) he mentioned a bunch of these things and i was like i've something i've seen what is she in that i've seen and he's like desperate housewives and i was like do you even fucking know me have you met me and you're, you think i watched an episode of desperate housewives no shade on anyone who has but like clearly i've never seen an episode we're getting off track yeah. i'm getting off track <laughs> so let me, let me just reiterate how lucky it was that floop was able to do this because when those 500 robots came in the family was they're all confident like all right i'll take the 100 to the right you take the 100 on the left. You take the 100 in the center. And and not even five minutes ago, their two children had lost yet another fight 
against their two robot doppelgangers. Well, hang on. They did kind of beat them, technically, a little bit, with a lot of help from... You know, they they sprayed them. They sprayed them, and then they ran away, and Uh the robots immediately broke free from the spray. (laughs) Whatever. They didn't lose a fight. (laughs) But yeah, obviously, they're not going to beat 100 of them. It made absolutely no sense. Um, But, you know, thankfully, the floop comes to the rescue. Um, Later, we see that the family of spies is back home. The robot children are now out in the world and helping others because they have discovered what good is. Um... And then they get a call from George Clooney. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> who says that he needs help from some spies. And he means, of course, Carmen and Junie, who are the best field agents that they have, is how he phrases it. That is exactly how he phrased it. Which is horrifying. How horrible is your spy agency that these two, like, 8 and 11-year-old are the best agents that you have And they were not very good. I literally just watched their whole movie. They weren't good. They were not. Let me reiterate how they did lose a fight against two robot doppelgangers using, I think, three, maybe even four (laughs) high-tech weapons from Machete. Uh, Still couldn't couldn't pull out the fight, but best best agents he's ever seen. So that was... That was something. Yeah, I was expecting when George Clooney's like, actually, I need Carmen and Junie. I thought he was going to say, like, it was for a specific reason, like he needed two kids. But no, it was because they were the best field agents. But Carmen's like, you need, you want one of us, you get all of us. A family who loves together, spies together. That's not what she said, but that should be the tagline to their movie. Thank you. I am a genius. Mic drop. Basically what they said. (laughs) It would have been, you know, it would have made... A lot more sense, though, if he had been like, yeah, I need your help specifically. I don't understand Common Core math, and I'm going to need you to teach it to me. (laughs) That would have made more sense to me. There's some evil happening at this elementary school, and I really need you to infiltrate it. Brittany's talking shit, and I need you to get to the bottom of it. (laughs) So that was IMDb's highest rated Spy Kids movie, the first one. It's just called Spy Kids. Uh, did, Did you like it? Hmm. hmm. It was cute. Mm-hmm. It was uh it was interesting. I I like that you know, it seemed something that would have been very popular with kids because of all of the all the little sections in there like right right near the end when the robots came out and she was like, "Oh, shit, tucky mushrooms." <laughs> That's something that as a kid, we've been like, "Oh, yes, I'm going to use that. I'm going to get away <laughs> with saying a potty word because it was in Spy Kids." <laughs> Yeah, like is a very strong word in this one for me. I might have liked it as a child, um, but it wasn't a kid's movie that I found super enjoyable as an adult either. Not that I found it horrendously bad or like offensive or upsetting by any means, uh, but it's not a kid's movie that I would go out and want to see on my own, except in this instance. Was it the thumb robot sex dungeon that that pushed it over the edge for you? Yes. What the fuck was that? So at some point, Carmen finds where all the, like, the thumb robots are created. And for some reason, there is one skinny, thumbed nurse robot who's very feminine. Does she have titties? 
Probably. Why the fuck was she there? I wasn't assigning genders to these thumb hand robots. There were pictures also of, you know, thumb creatures on the wall. There were like, there kind of seemed like a an out of commission thumb robot, like lying in a bed right where she fell down, <laughs> which make your own assumptions there. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty upsetting. I think that was the only scene that I was like, really? Like, can we take this out, please? But other than that, I didn't really have anything. Did you have some questions? Um, yes. So, what is your favorite kids movie, and why is it Spy Kids? It's not Spy Kids. Sorry, not the question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really asking me? Okay, so is this your way of asking me my favorite thing about Spy Kids? Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> I don't know what my favorite kids movie would be. That's too much. I would need to like really think on that. It's probably a Pixar film, but maybe not. It might just be Mulan. I'm not sure. <laughs> but Spy Kids, my favorite thing about Spy Kids. Oh, boy. Oh, mama. Uh, I don't know. What's yours? <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Um, I would have to say... All of the electrically themed weapons that are used. Mm. They've got electric chewing gum. Always a classic. They have electric bubbles that you can blow. Always a classic. Uh, I don't know why those were chosen over more conventional electric-based weapons (laughs) that didn't require chewing before they were useful. But that's what they went with. And you know what, Spy Kids? I dig it. Like maybe a taser. Yeah, I don't know what my favorite thing would be. They had some kind of girl power-ish moments, I guess. I think I I did like the parent dynamic. I like how Antonio Banderas was never like, no, you're my woman. You got to stay home. You know, like he's like, yeah, you, like you're a great spy too. I don't know. Like that's never come into question. I guess in general, genders never really come into question here, which is nice. Yeah, it is nice. Except with the thumb monster robots. For yes. some reason, there was a gendered, quote, female one, which made me want to die. Did you have any more questions? Yes. <clears throat> if this is the highest rated Spy Kids. Oh, God. What do you think we have in store for us for the lowest rated? I forgot to mention this at the beginning. This highest highest rated Spy Kids has the same rating as the lowest rated Mad Max film. <laughs> It's in fact lower. Oh God, no! It's I think a five point four on IMDb. I think we have in store for us a movie that I'm going to have to get very drunk for, and that I will be checking the timestamp on frequently. So, did you have any other questions? Because you asked me a question the first few movies, and I thought you were going to ask me at this time, and I would like to know your answer. Are you referring to the "Would you show this yes. to our children?" question? Yes. <laughs> Because I was thinking about it throughout the movie. And the answer is, I think so. Yeah, I'd show it. God, I just know they'd be saying that shiitake mushroom line over and over again when they did. I would be fine with that. I think I would show it to them probably when they're a little bit older. The violence in it is pretty tame. We don't have kids yet, but I'm going to be like obsessive about certain things. Because I'm obnoxious. Although I say that now and I don't have kids yet. But I think I'd be cool with them seeing this movie. There are some good messages in it about family and your sibling uh the siblings do bicker in a fairly realistic way although i don't plan on having a second child so but if we ever do it'll be an important message like Mm. hey 
Don't throw free weights at your siblings. <laughs> Please don't f- throw free weights at your sister's spine. Maybe that should be our, our final line. <laughs> yeah. And remember, and- don't throw free weights at people's spines. <laughs> this reminds me of a story my brother told me <laughs> where they used to play toss the brick. <laughs> don't don't play that, kids. <laughs> Did you have any other final thoughts about Spy Kids? I don't have any other final thoughts. I think overall I would give Spy Kids maybe uh, three exploding gumballs out of 13. Ooh. I forgot about the rating system we'd started, so I wasn't thinking about it. I will give Spy Kids two girl power plus one machete minus two mustaches. I'm not sure what that equals out to, but that's the rating I give it. Mm. Divided by (laughs) one sexy nurse thumb. Yeah, so ultimately a D. (laughs) Because of the dumb sexy nurse thumb. Why was that there? (laughs) Well, this has been... (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to a series of unfortunate sequels. You may find me on YouTube, drunk, usually talking about books at the T Hags. You can also find me on Twitter at T Hag underscore Rebecca. Until next time, watch the best and save the rest for us. Bye.